we got authorized this visual. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to West Virginia Commonplace. This is one of the raw episodes. Um, I got my cousin Devontae with us, still waiting on that podcast. Always, always. How it's you doing? coming, you guys. Twenty twenty one. I'm doing great. I just been been busy, you know. My day job. I'm a insurance sales consultant and. I'm also an entrepreneur by day, so I'll be working on my business plans, working on my album, and uh, working on a move. So I got like a lot going on, and then it's the holidays too. So it's like, oh, and, and, and is the music coming out soon or 2021? It'll be in 2021. You know, I got to give y'all a new year, a new a, some some new hope because you know, right now it's been a little stale. You know. Okay. Okay. Now, let's get into this straight up. We do the Versus episodes. <laughs> we had one of the biggest ones. It was actually listed as one of the top nine podcasts for really? Gladys Knight versus uh, Payla Bell. I don't know if you've seen it on the page. I'll have to send it to you later. Here it goes. Ashanti versus Keisha Coles. Um, mm. We're going to dip. We're gonna do, we'll, I won't take up too much of his time because he's a busy man. And here's what I want to dive into. We probably will, both will not take a position on this matter, but everybody knows that I'm a Keisha Coles fan. I love Ashanti. <laughs> Ashanti was, came around at a time in my life when I was going through high school, going through the go, growing pains of loving somebody and having somebody take love me. So mm. uh, at both times in life, uh, at least with Keisha Cole, she had a lot of um, I hate you anthems. You know, Most definitely. Most she, had a, she had some damage in music it kind of molded the way I was and how cold I was. Um, mm. Ashanti, on the other hand, I'm not going to sit here and lie. The stuff she did with Ja Rule, it was a lot of bubblegum pop to me. Um, some <laughs> of it was catchy, and some of some of the Ashanti stuff was pretty good. So if you wouldn't mind, David, I'm going to let you go ahead, or Devontae, excuse me, I'm going to let you go Now you're out here putting my government oh! out. Ooh. I'll edit it out. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I ain't going to do that. <laughs> But look, I'll let you go ahead and get the floor. So you tell the story because you are our music champion and you have an ear for sound. So you can be totally honest about this contest. I mean, I was a bit taken aback because I just didn't think. You never know what they're going to choose as far as the people that they put together. I mean, to be quite honest, um, you know, Gladys Knight and Pat LaBelle was a shock, but, you know, they are from a similar era. They are one of the, you know, OG living legends. So this is a little, you know, that, that made sense. Now the Keisha Cole and Ashanti, I was a little on the fence about it. And then Ashanti said she wanted to do it, but Keisha originally had no plans on doing it. I mean, it's almost kind of similar to the Brandy and Monica situation. It was like, it, it was like one wanted to do it. The other one was avoiding it. And it's a little strange because from my sources, I have not heard over the years that Keisha and Ashanti have had any bad blood or bad dealings. Because one thing I will say about Ashanti, Ashanti is in her own world. She's collecting the bag. She's always collecting the bag. Like she'll be a part of something and it won't be till afterwards. You might see something on YouTube or Instagram or, you know, it, 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 she may get a, you know, like some type of television spot where it's like a commercial for it. You won't know till after it's done. You're like, oh, snap, a shot's even working. 
And, you know, and I think that's, you know, those early 2000s artists, you don't really see as much of them, you know? So when you do see them, it's like, oh, you still out here working and it's great. But, you know, with Keisha, you know, I'm just going to say this in her past, you know, she's uh, thrown shots at a few artists and, you know, they've not had as as, as good of a relationship as her and Ashanti has had. So okay. <laughs> and my thing here with Keisha Cole, you know, she went the she went the, the, the reality TV way about things. And Ashanti, right. you know, she went the movie way. So that's a different way. Now, let me just dive right into this from the get go. I'm going with Keisha Cole on the way it is. That album right there. Mm. Um, and, and this time, you know, I done done a little research and stuff. You know, she had Polo to Don, which he was, uh, for the younger listeners, Polo to Don was at some point the the intricate producer to get on your track. Him and Sean Garrett, Kanye West. Yes. Carrie uh, Brothers, along with Alicia Keys, is Crucial Keys. Okay. Not legend. Um, these were people that produced and wrote on her first album. Now, let's go through the singles real quick. I Changed My Mind. Kanye West assisted, and at that time, Kanye was probably considered the best rapper at that time or producer. Um, so that kind of sparked her momentum, you know. Yeah, that was like her first single. Yeah, that was that lead single. That was her first big single that everybody recognizes her for. Um, mm-hmm. And then following up with that, I Should Have Cheated, and then the album's best performance song, Love. 100% honest, mm-hmm. Love was what killed the game. I, you know, in the hood, I changed my mind. You used to see the girls out there with the low lows on, with the Reeboks on, jamming to that. But I'm saying love, that was that joint. Once you got that thing right there in your system, you was like Keisha Cole. You, that's, you, you know, people was actually trying to make comparisons, not vocally. Because one thing I will say about both artists, and I'm going to agree with you on, their music was always tailored to the production that went with the music. Right. And that's a nice way of saying it on my part. Now, oh, okay, yeah, nice way of saying it on my part. In the now, words of Aretha Franklin, um, no comment about that. <laughs> right, right, right. No comment on that one. But like great gowns, great gowns. <laughs> but but we'll say off that lead album, four good singles. Outside of that, I ain't seeing nothing else on on that album. Now we let's move over here to Ashanti real quick. Ashanti, you know. She was part of one of the bigger brands at that time also. A massive brand, a massive Mass- brand. A massive brand, you know. And, Gangsta and, rap. I mean, the kids loved it. I mean, they still kind of love it to this day. Well, nowadays it ain't really gangster rap. It's more of like depression rap, but we're not going to go there. That's another podcast, y'all. All right, so let's see. Like she had, and she had great um, people helping her on the album. Like, you know, right. her, her track, Foolish. Mm-hmm. Foolish. And the remix, Unfoolish. With the way that she was going, her production wasn't even that big. It was Irv Gotti, Chink Santana, and um, yeah. and a few other people. You know, her first album, you know, earned her three Grammy nominations. Exactly. Oh, she worked with Seven Aurelius. Yeah, big time at that time. Yeah, I mean, she, that first one, she set records, though. Like, she was one of the first African-American females of the 2000s to have, like, consecutive number ones like that. I mean, 
between Foolish, Happy, and Baby. And the reason why I remember Baby is because I was 12 years old when it came out. Right. It came out the day after my birthday. August 17th. Like, yeah, all I keep hearing was, baby, 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 baby. And that's all you heard. And I was just like, how does this woman make songs? So I put just like one title, like Foolish, Happy, but she makes them a consistent thing. Now one and, thing and don't forget, say, and don't and one thing, don't forget the remix. Unfoolish remix was so ridiculous. Yes, with Biggie. Yes, that was. How do you get I mean, blessed? For, with, how do you get blessed with a, a burst from one of our great rappers of the nineties? Yeah, and, and you know what? For a New Yorker, I know it was like a big deal. Like, you know, she's a suburban girl, so you know. When yeah. the hood rocking, I mean, the hood was already behind her because of Murder Inc. But now it's like, what? Like, y'all are really, 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 really rocking with me, you know? Right. So, and, and that's just and the thing. Crazy. Right? And, and then, and then let's get success here. This versus is not going to be based on how many records you sold because if it was all based on how many records you sold, Ashanti's first album would kill anything that uh, Keisha Cole did. I mean, yeah, like I mean, it peaked the top of the 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 the, the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 when it came out. I right, mean, and, and let's be 100 percent honest. We know that album went triple platinum. Triple I mean, platinum. that's. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be quite honest with you. So, they said by December of of December 17th to 20. I said 22. You know we in the 2020. See, that's how y'all know, kids, I'm getting old. December 17th of 2002 was certified triple platinum by the RIAA. And kids, that's the Recording Industry Association of Music. So they have all of your certifications. So, and you know, it stayed atop the charts for 55 weeks. 55 weeks. And its first week of Stella was gold. They sold 503,000 copies. Like All right, and, let, and let's dive into something else here. Let, let's go into her second album, Chapter 2. Rock With You, Rain On Me, yes. Break Up to Make Up. Now, here, here's one type of detail I want to give. Like, once again, we're, we're not going for the actual sales because if it was sales, like I said, her first two albums, Killing Anything Keisha Coles has done. That, that first, that second album went platinum. I mean, let me just say this. It didn't, it didn't hurt either that Mariah allowed her to open up for her on North American leg of the Charm Bracelet World Tour. I mean, yeah. come on, Mariah let you do that. So come on now. She got some heavy hitters. You know, working for, I mean, Ja Rule is blowing up the rap game. And then, you know, I hate to bring up the infamous beef, but him, you know, between Murder, Inc., G-Unit and all that, that's fewer record sales on both sides. So if people will say that that didn't help push everyone, I feel like, honestly, on Murder, Inc., it's Ja and 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 Ashanti's world. I mean, it was it was like the Romeo and Juliet, but like brother and sister, literally, or Bonnie and Clyde, and it just worked. I mean, yeah, it did its thing. Now, here's another thing that I'm gonna go into. Like, we'll go back into Keisha Cole, but let's go to Concrete Rose for a second. Concrete, Concrete Rose, and this is one thing I'm gonna say, and we're gonna go for these platinum plaques once again. It still was certified platinum. Concrete Rose, okay. I feel like, all right, that was the part where her popularity streak kind of was kind of, it was, it was in turmoil because 
after that, of course, the declaration, I feel like that was the time where she was like, okay, I, I left Murder, Inc., I left that situation, but I'm declaring that I'm still here. Like, I'm not crushed. But, you know, you got to understand with Concrete Rose, the label was was going under, you know, yeah, and, and trying her best effort to fulfill her last, you know, contractual album with them. Unless like, one thing we'll dive into is those sales can be contributed to being low to 50 Cent at that time because 50 Cent killed Ja Rule's career. At this yeah. time, Ja Rule just, he disappeared. He tried to clap back and nobody was listening. It misfired. Yeah, it, it did. I mean, and, and it's sad because, I mean, on her album, she had appearances from T.I., Ja Rule, and Lloyd. And the same thing, because she strike the iron hot with, you know, the Ashanti album in Chapter 2. She was collaborating with Irv Gotti, Ching Santana, Devin Aurelius. So if you keep that same exact formula and the label is starting to go under... I could only imagine how you feel in recording the album. As an artist, your team is not pushing and supporting you as much. And at one point, you was the the the, the topic of conversation because you were hitting those records. And now it's just like we're folding, but you still have to you still have to record this album. We we need this from you. Answer no. You are not going nowhere until this album is done. That that gotta be hard. Right. That, that's like crazy. And, and that was our fourth album, actually. Yeah, fourth album. And then, then let's jump into this one, The Declaration. Declaration was the one where she was officially leaving the ink after this was her last full album with with, with Irv Gotti. The thing about yeah. that album, it had a banger on it. I don't remember Hey Baby After the Club, but I do remember The Way That I Love You, 2008. Man, every girl was in the bathtub going crazy, and you know, the yeah. way that I love you. Ah. And then, you know, she had the relationship with Nelly at the time, body right. me. Yo, that's good, good. No, that was, yeah. So he was on Good Good, and Akon was on Body. Clarification, clarification. And in all honesty, the, the uh, production on that album was, was good. Jermaine Dupree. You had Mario Wines, Robbie Jerkins. She even got a Diane Warren track. When you get Diane Warren, I mean, how else can you lose? I guess you feel in your mind. I got Diane Warren. You got Dark Child. Jermaine, Jermaine the Dupree. I mean, come on now. Like, mm. And the success of that album is duly not noted. It did not, it didn't flop, but it didn't do what it should do. I mean, it's crazy because Entertainment Weekly gave it a C plus. So I mean, it wasn't all the way bad, but it's just to to, to me, um, uh, they 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 tried to say R&B fans would spend albums by Mariah Usher and Janet Moore and Ashanti, but it needs more pizzazz to compete with them. And I'm just like, you know, I mean, first week sales was like eighty six thousand copies uh, for the first week. I mean. In the U.S. as of 2014, it sold 297,000 copies, so it didn't even crack gold. But at the same time, I mean, she was still here. She was and still. Thing, and the thing about Ashanti's the thing about Ashanti's relevancy, and we won't dab too much into it, but she had a, a a nice TV and movie career going on. Oh my gosh! I mean, you know, you know we can, yeah. you know, because this is just merely about the versus battle. It's about actually what they put together. You know, music-wise. So let me skip back over to Keisha Cole real quick. All right. Um, the only reason I want to dab on Keisha Cole for a second is because, like, 
like you said, this thing is obviously not going to be based on um, true movies and performance and all yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause the thing is, is, you know, her first album, you know, it, it did good. Um, and not, nobody ever take anything away from her. But with her, she truly didn't blossom until her second album, Just Like You. Man, I had that Just Like You album. I mean, the way it is was a good album. But that Just Like You, that you need to get if he don't want to love you the right way, he ain't going to. Like, that's all. Missy Elliott and Lil' Kim Ooh, on the I'm dancing right now for some reason. I hear the music, and it's not well, playing. And when that verse comes in, here's a little lesson, little Kim, don't stress him. Kick him all straight to the curb like Beckham. And since you didn't put my whole government out there, David, you know, we like David Beckham. You know, he, he cool over here in my Mariah voice. We know him. So, Arsene, you let know. Me, <laughs> Arsene, look, let me do this real quick on, on, the, on the production end. Brian Michael Cox, Missy Elliott, yeah. Rodney Jerkins, Pete Rock, of all people, Scott Ooh. freaking Starch, Mario Wines. Ooh. And I could go on the runners. I could go on even further. I mean, she had Ron Fair on her side, too, because that was like, you know. Yeah. He was amazing. Like, yeah, Ron Fair even worked with Christina Aguilera, so you already know Ron Fair ain't about them game. I mean, he produced the first get I mean, <laughs> so it's freaking Ron Fair. Yeah, it's Ron Fair. <laughs> but, 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 but here's the thing, and, I, and it's, this one still sits on my playlist. I remember. I remember sits on my playlist. Should have let you go with the other jam, too, because that was. Ooh, that was it. Ooh, shit, should have let you go. But let me tell you, though, that, um... Sent from heaven, and you can wait your whole life trying to figure what it is and where you've been. And that probably ain't all the words, y'all, but, you know, that's what y'all gonna get right now. But that's Keith. You know, that's Keith. You know that heaven's... And you know what's crazy? Because... (laughs) When I hear some of her songs on this album, I get an early Kate Michelle feel. Like, and I know this is about Shanti and Keisha, but her and Kate Michelle have some eerily similar vibes. They yeah. even look similar to an extent. Yeah, just a little bit. But one thing I want to get off this album that the commercial song, she had all that, but she had a commercial hit with Last Night. Even though it was on Diddy's album, it was also on hers. Last yeah. night gave her a commercial success, you know, in everybody's household. Keisha, who Keisha? She's with Puff Daddy or Diddy, whatever you want to call him, because he's a household name. So last night kind of put her in a certain realm that I thought would lead to more and more success. And frankly, to be honest, she attained a certain level. So let's move on to a different me. Mm, okay. All right, a different me, I'm going to tell you, it, it was not one that, that sat too good with me. Um, it had the same deal with uh, production. She had good production on it. We don't have to go into everybody. But Poke and Tone is the one I'm going to talk about because that's 90s, you know. Um, yeah. And the thing is, is that she had uh, the, that little rapper on there, Amani or whatever her name was. And if I said it wrong, curse And you know, I think she was on the last album. Um, she was on Should Let You Go. Yeah, Amina. That's- Amina. That was her childhood friend, though, which I respected. I, I see what you... She was kind of dope, but I, we didn't... 
It didn't she matriculate was, anything. It didn't yeah. matriculate. And, and yeah. this album had had good cuts because now she got her nod, which I kind of think is a little funny. She got Tupac on the song. So Tupac. She got two. Oh my God. Yeah, she got Tupac. Like what so her and Ashanti both had post anthemous collaborations. Like they all right. got one, but you got the family's blessing. So that's that's awesome. All right, so that's cool there. And the Nas and Monica feature. Uh okay, so trust. Let's get into that real quick. Let's talk about it. It it, it was Keisha Song. Monica didn't necessarily try to sing over Keisha, but you know, she's a legend, you know, right. just like her and Brandy. It's like, I feel like her and Brandy, it was easier to do the boys' mind because they were on the same level when it came to, you know, how to sustain the song they came from the era. Whereas her and Keisha, Keisha did her best, but it just seems like with Monica's style and her, her note choosing, she took the song over. And like, when people discuss that song, they never say, oh, you know, Keisha Cole's song, Trust You Me, Monica and Keisha Cole. That's what people say. And it's like, it's kind of like a backhanded insult. It's kind of shady. <laughs> but I mean, low key, Monica said, listen, I'm going, if you're going to give me the piece of bread, I'm going to eat. And Keisha <laughs> just nibbled on it. So there you have it. All right. All right. So now we're going to jump into calling all hearts. Now, I will say this. Keisha Cole, Cole had a lengthier career, and on this one, she had one of my favorite production groups, Justice League. She had Jimmy G and Terry Lewis, and once again, Ryan Fair. Um, Chink Santana, which is from the, the realm of uh, Ashanti, Timbaland. And, you know, in all honesty, it just... The album to me wasn't I thought it was gonna do better because she had that song I ain't through I'm yeah. a I'm a I'm a little bit I'm a and she had Nicki Minaj on that song and that's when Nicki Minaj was like all right she was solidifying herself as that number one rap chick that's what she was trying to do at that time and she had already was like she was the only one at the time because everyone else was incapacitated in life, in jail, sick, or just not in the industry at the time, or making any noise. And it's crazy because Nikki is doing what she do now and Keisha's kind of left out to I feel like a lot of those opportun a lot of those opportunities could have been bigger. I don't know if the label didn't push it, she didn't push it, but we should have got like a whole bunch of performances with them. I don't know. She could have did some, you know, vocals for a hook on Nikki's song. It just seems like she just never, these big opportunities never went anywhere. And my thing, too, is like, all right, Tired of Doing Me with Tank. That's the only track I'm going to say that it should have been released. As, it should have got a single um, rotation somewhere. I mean, a credit to it, like that album, I will say, probably had her best features on it. Well, what about Take Me Away? That was on the popular side. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that, 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 that. I love my baby. But, but me and you both know, let's be honest, that's that's one of them. That's really an Ashanti track that she got. I, that was shady. Right, girl, yeah, let's, you let's, just, let's just keep it real. That was a Ashanti <laughs> track she got that Ashanti just didn't do. At that time. I love my baby. 
That's why they be loud. But is that, because... is, that not a, is that not an Ashanti track for real? Well, can I tell you who was produced by so we can get this out of the way? It was produced by Cheek Santana. <laughs> <laughs> but Keisha wrote on it with T. Ray Jones and Corey Marks. Like, I'm just the, the, the shade is like, you were dead on with it. But low key, it should have been one of them songs. I think could have been in like one of those summertime perfume commercials. Like, you know, <laughs> somebody got a commercial. I mean, I don't see nobody big like Omar, Amani. I mean, you could. Not Omani, but maybe something playful like, well, I ain't gonna say Chanel either, but something playful. I mean, I don't know. Nautical for her or something. That, that was no shade, you guys, but it was all the shade. But anywho, it was a nice little record. I mean, it, I mean, it did dust on the charts. I mean, the highest it went, the bubbling under hot 100 singles was, 20, was number 20. I mean, this highest peak was that. Like, all right. Yeah, it did okay. too well. And then let's talk about the, the fall because she started falling after this. Woman to Woman. What did you take away from that album? Ooh, she finally worked with Ashanti. I mean, the woman that we comparing her to right now. They, I think they was on the signature track, um, Woman to Woman, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, so, were. trust and believe. Okay. At that time, it sounds like her and um, Tamar had the same producer, Takey K, whatever his name uh, is on the track. I don't know his name. You know, y'all got this to tell me. Y'all know I'm getting old, but uh, Low Keto. It sounded like um, Tamar's. I'm trying to tell you what the song was. And, and I seen some interesting. Dang, on that. Uh, Betty, Betty Wright got a writing credit on that. She did. Got a writing credit on that. And that's all was grant. Uh, well, was it nominated? I, I don't know. No, nah, she didn't do units on this song at all. She I didn't do. Even, I ain't even going to talk. I ain't going to talk about the numbers, but like I said, once again, she's always feature heavy. You figure a song with, with Lil Wayne would, would, would get your album platinum. She oh, man. That song was that song was deep, though. I mean, like, that song was deep. Like, I'm just a little shocked that, like you said, it didn't go nowhere. And especially Robin, still, Dick, Robin Dick at that time. He was still hot. And then she had that song, I Choose You. That was like an R&B. You know, they played that on R&B radio. I heard that a lot. But, um... I still, I'm gonna tell you this. This song is gonna bust in my head when "Trust and Believe" came out. It sounds like the flip side of a Tamar song. You've heard it before too, cousin. Like you, you know. And then zero, zero was. Uh, and I mean, she had some production there. She had the dream right on one of her songs, and uh, I, I hope one day we get "Dream Against Neo" hit for hit. Um, you know the, what? Mm. I, I think I just versus. I swear, if y'all do this, man. I, Y'all going to me some money because that, or we need to do a three-way battle, the first three-way battle. Sean Garrett, The Dream, and um, and we could just go from there, like, just with uh, Neo on there, too, and see how they go back for back. Cause, or would, would you put Polo to Don in there, too, have a four-way battle? You know what? Okay, this is what I'm going to say about Polo to Don. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I'm going to leave it alone. I think Polo to Don is an amazing producer. He does have a specific vibe. So when you get your song... One, songs, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah, they're going to sound a certain way and they're going to sound like you've heard them 
See, when I, there are certain producers that are formula producers. Paula Dodon is a formula producer. When you hear his songs, you know it's him. That one, two, three, four, and just some of the structures. And he's also one of the controversial producers because he he, he kind of got carried underneath the bus, you know, with the whole Beyonce shout out. And then it's kind of ironic that we talk about Keisha Cole and she threw shots at Beyonce too after the Super Bowl, but you know, we're gonna keep it, we're gonna keep it now political musical political here and, and stick to the verses. But yeah, you know, you're right though. Pro- production wise, uh he was he was hot at the time. Neo was very hot, you know, um the dream. And honestly, I feel like the dream and Neo should definitely be coming back on some other people's records now. Cause I mean 2021 is like where y'all been y'all been hiding for the last two, three years. Like I know y'all been working. We need to see I something. mean, I know the dreams are working, but I heard nothing from Neo. Now no. well you know, because I mean Neo, he'll write the song and produce it and it's like, whoa. You know, and it and it obviously it does depend on the singer because you know like a song like um What's the song called? Uh, Women Lie, Men Lie. Is that what it's called? No. Act like a woman, think like a man. With with Jennifer Hudson on it and Rick Ross. That was like, to me, that was kind of different. Because like, he wrote Spotlight for her, did well with it. And then he went to think like a man and it just was like, it didn't really... And you had Rick Ross doing his hook. That's back in the day we hook, you know, every yeah, track. Was the track. Yeah, you knew. You knew it was about to be no, <laughs> but, but I don't know. It just never matriculated to any any anything of such. I mean, it went good with the movie, but, you know, with certain voices like Jennifer Hudson, you have to be very careful on how you produce her because it's either going to be amazing or it's going to be lackluster or it's just going to be hard. But it's, it's like, and she's a good singer. I think it just depends on what you give her. Because if you give her too commercial bubblegum or whatever, she's not going to do well. Because that's not Jennifer. Jennifer right. is a soul singer. It's like trying to put, you know, it's like trying to put Patti LaBelle on a track that should have been for Madonna. It just don't work. It ain't going like, to happen. It ain't going to happen, Captain. Like, you know. Okay. And then we're going to. Yeah. Let's dive into this last like, album that's important. Point in okay. return. Point in return. That's you know, Keisha You know what? <laughs> she she knew she wasn't gonna be able to come back from it. That's why <laughs> Point in return. Oh, okay. Let me be freaking honest about point in return. The label, it was a cash album. You got Stargate on the track. Mike Will made it. DJ Mustard. At that time, DJ Mustard was probably not the hottest thing. He was getting there. But you know, where I know this album failed and I'm reading a little bit of a liner, she had a song released on SoundCloud on 10, I mean, 11 days before it came on iTunes. That is the first of many things that will tell you that your album's going to do bad. The album only sold 26,000. Like I said, we're not going to go list for list. Uh, she had some help on this album. She had 2 Chains, Juicy J, Future on the deluxe album. She had Wale in August. August, my man. August. Listen, I didn't listen to none of these songs on this album. I'm not sitting here, sitting here and lie to you. I'm looking at the track listing at this very moment. I'm just realizing. Remember part two? I didn't hear that. 
Hold my mama this album. Like, oh my God, they just said, like, once you put songs on SoundCloud, like, okay, I'm an indie artist. I'm I'm upcoming. I ain't, I don't have a major backing. But if you got a major label and you release your stuff on SoundCloud, in my generation, that was called a leak. Right. That that just tells me that your your production and everything else, you need to push back your album or change the single or what have you. But that don't need to be on the album. That, or that's a buzz single. Like you know, you don't. Back in my day, if your whole album get leaked on SoundCloud or somewhere. Baby, you just need to re-record because at this time, it's done. It's <laughs> and, a done and, I, deal. and I agree wholeheartedly with you. So I'm gonna be honest with you. Ashanti's gonna win this contest unless the whole lot of thuggish, ruggish, and bougie comes out and they remember them hood anthems. That's the only difference in these two. Keisha Cole got the sad hood anthems. That's the only thing that would take her over the top if they said she was gonna win it. You know, it ain't gonna be yeah. like it ain't gonna be like Gucci and Jeezy, which we didn't do a podcast on because I don't. You know, I didn't even watch. I didn't even. It, that was just for the culture. That was something. To so me, I'm was, confused. So let, let's just bring that up for just a second. So, so who is the snow? The snowman is Jeezy, right? Yeah, that's Jeezy. But don't Gucci got something dealing with a snowman too? They had they had a song together called "I'm So I Say" back in the day. So I say, yeah, you remember that? And so basically, because of promotional differences, uh, Young Jeezy wanted it for his album, but Gucci Man was like, pretty much, and I, I normally don't use foul language, but he was like, "Fuck that!" And it started <laughs> this age-long beef between them, and then they both are the godfathers of trap music with Ti, because you have to understand, in this battle, it was originally Jeezy and Ti. And T.I. bowed out because, I mean, Gucci Man killed Young Jeezy's partner. Young Jeezy's partner tried to steal Gucci's chain in his house, and Gucci Man killed him. Like, self-defense, but still, you know, it was real beef in the streets. And, like, it was, you know, if you was in Atlanta at the time, if you wasn't rocking with one and rocking with the other, you might get shot. Wow. <laughs> so it was really serious. And, and then they performed Nonsense so Icy at the end. So it was kind of like uh, one of them uh, 1970s, so it was almost kind of like Brandy and Monica, like it needed to happen because there was clearly a, a disconnect, a beef. This was deadly beef. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Monica did have Brandy shook talking about, you know, that's back when she used to kick down doors and smack chicks. She said, oh, she said, girl, when you, Brandy said, girl, when you kick that leg up, I got a little nervous there. She said, she said I don't do that no more. She said, I ain't never did that to you. She said, no, not to me, but, you she know. Run, she run up on She people. did slap her, though. She did slap <laughs> her back in the day. Yeah, so, so it was kind of serious. But yeah. So, so, so to, to clear this out, what's your thought? Who, who's going to win? I mean, more than we've talked about it, I still say Ashanti, but at the end of the day, Keisha, once we went through all of the catalog, she had some good contenders. So, you know, I feel like you are a Keisha Cole fan, so I did see we discussed more of Keisha Cole's catalog, but I guess, you know, Ashanti did have a more of a drawn-out catalog. It just wasn't after a certain amount of albums. We don't recall those songs. But the thing with Ashanti, and I'll say this at the very end of this, Ashanti has the better success. At the end of the day, Keisha Cole's still making music, but Ashanti only had to put out put out three albums, and she was already... Yeah, she was solidified. She was a legend. And so, so we, right. have to, 
because when we do this one day, when they do do this episode, because when Beyonce gets her verses, it's against no one. It'll just be her. Beyonce, I'll just I mean, out. honestly, the only person they will put up in against is Rihanna. And I mean, even that is like, because Rihanna is a digital singles girl. Beyonce sells albums. And when people fail to realize that, like, it wasn't until, was it anti that Rihanna got a number one? Like, I don't know. Like, her albums, it's so weird. Her music is weird. And that would be one for the ages. But like I said, uh, Beyonce walks out on the ver- verses and just drops the mic. And then I mean, out. literally, we're going to be there for like four or five days because to be the catalog is Her B side would beat anyone's A side. Right. And I mean, I know all the unreleased records except for the ones she keeps in her vault right. that ain't been leaked. Because, so, I mean, there's, like, all of her songs that she recorded is so many, and a couple of artists have recorded some of those unreleased songs, but it's just like she could make a whole album out of unreleased ones right. that have been leaked. All right, and Devontae, once again, I want to thank you for coming on today because the crazy thing is, and I'm going to add this in, and I want y'all to notice. Sad thing is, is our, we, we ran over to 3 o'clock. I actually got another podcast I'm supposed to be doing at this moment. All right. Well, we ain't going to hold you up in the bag. Go thank ahead you. and secure that interview. All right. Thank you once again for being on West Virginia Commonplace.